The new series that we're, we're going to begin today is Infallible Proofs. Infallible Proofs. Uh, the world, uh, and dare I say the church, sometimes finds itself in need of proof of who Jesus is and what he's done. And uh, the scripture provides proof. Uh, the scripture even calls it in, infallible proof uh, for Jesus' claims. Um, and so we'll take this time to be reminded of, of some of this proof and, and consider what it means for us to, to have this proof and what the implications are since we know that it's, it's true, it's real, what he's done. Amen? Amen. So we're going to continue in the, in the book of Luke in the 24th chapter. The book of Luke in the 24th chapter. And I'll, I'll begin reading at the 13th verse. Luke chapter 24. Now begin reading at verse 13. It says, that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know that uh, the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to him, he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some Women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ, that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Heavenly Father, we thank you. 
And we pray now, Lord, that you would open us up, Lord, to have understanding of these things. Lord, that they would not just be uh, something for seasonal recognition, but that they would lead us in your will and in your way, that they would lead to your glory and our praise of your name. Have your way in us now. We pray, Lord, for fresh anointing to preach and anointing to receive your word. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you're my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'm not sure if I ever mentioned it uh, before. I may have, but I... I'm a big fan of law and order. <laughs> I mean, not society law, the, the show Law and Order. I mean, I like Law and Order, but yes, the, the show Law and Order. I, I, like the, I like the originals. I like the spinoffs. I just like all of it. You know, I, I haven't been able to watch much of it lately. I've been tied up with some things. <laughs> <coughs> But I, I, but I, I've seen enough episodes now to know how to solve cases, and, and I figure I'm, I'm basically about a year or so short of my law degree. <laughs> um, law and Order. Some, something that I, something that I learned watching the original Law and Order. Uh, that's where you get a lot of the uh, the, the cases in court. Uh, something I learned watching the show was that. Um, when witnesses are going to testify in big cases, lawyers get to prep them for the trial. I didn't know that. I like that. The lawyers get to prep them. I mean, they don't get to make up testimony, but, but they, they get to, to go to them and, and review the facts of the case with them. And, and I said, that's good. And sometimes they would even hire someone to come in and, and help review the facts of the case with the witness. And then I found out as I was reading in the text today, uh, Jesus listens to a couple of of witnesses testimony about himself. And and he knows how important what they will be sharing with the world is. And he takes time to prep them so that they will be prepared to bear witness, prepared. And that's the title of the sermon, prepared to bear witness. Last week on Resurrection Sunday, we looked at an issue at the grave. Uh, We acknowledged that the grave was empty, but the real issues were that the people expected Jesus to be dead when he told them that he was going to rise. The disciples either forgot, didn't understand, or didn't believe what Jesus said about his dying and rising on the third day. The empty grave was was only one proof that Jesus did what he said he would do and that he was who he claimed to be. Here here we have two people on that same day. It was the first day of the week. We talked about that last week, how important the first day of the week is. Um, On that same day, walking and discussing all that's happened, and then suddenly Jesus shows up. It says that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about 
all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. The scripture, the scripture turns to two seemingly random folks walking toward a seemingly random town. Emmaus is nowhere else mentioned in the scripture, but it's typical, uh, it's, it's typical for the book of Luke. Um, no place or people are beyond the notice or interaction of Jesus. So the scripture pictures and uh, uh, describes these two walking along, uh, talking with each other, uh, trying to make sense of all of the things that had just happened. The scripture says that they were talking about these things that had happened. Uh, they'll explain later in the text that these things include the, the delivering over, the betrayal and delivering over, sentencing to death and crucifixion of Jesus. These things that they were discussing, uh, uh, they were talking about some important stuff. They, they probably had walked this seven miles, this seven mile journey uh, many times in their lives, uh, but today was different. All they could talk about was what had happened in Jerusalem. When it says uh, they were talking and discussing uh, uh, in the original language of the text, it means that they were, they were having a loud conversation back and forth with each other. Um, from, and from a distance, it might have sounded like an argument. Uh, um, <laughs> my wife and I, sometimes we talk and we can be very animated. And then she turns to me and she says, she says boo, these people are going to think we're arguing with each other. <laughs> But we, we just animated, you know. We talk with our hands. So, so the, these, these, these two might have looked like they were and sounded like they were in an argument, but we find out the real issue is that they were actually just confused and upset over the things that had taken place. Uh, we, it doesn't identify exactly who they were. Well, it names one, but it doesn't name the other, so we don't know if it's two men or a man and a woman. could be a husband and a wife. Uh, depending on who it is, the conversation probably sounds different. Yeah? Why didn't you go check the grave yourself? Why didn't you go look? Depending on who it was. I didn't say if that was the wife saying it to her husband. <laughs> I'm just saying possibilities. They, they, they're, they're moved by what happened in this place. They, they will be uh, carrying this this news back to the village of Emmaus and spreading the message about Jesus's death. But before they do, they need to have the complete story. The wording of the scripture tells us that Jesus began walking with them and listening before they ever realized that he was, that he was there. Uh, it, that's, that's, Imagine Jesus just showing up. He, even, even after he starts to speak up and interrupt the conversation, they aren't able to recognize who he is. Uh, we can't be for certain if, if Jesus looked different after the resurrection, uh, but, but in some way here, God is keeping them from identifying him. Uh, because of this, uh, Jesus was able to listen in on their conversation and, and hear uh, what they thought had happened there in Jerusalem. 
It, it reminded me of, of another show. I don't watch that much TV, but the, of another show that I used to watch called Undercover Boss. And, and, and in Undercover, anybody saw that show before? I love that show. In Undercover Boss, uh, um, you know, Jesus was incognito, just like the Undercover Boss. It's where a CEO or boss of a company disguises themselves and, and goes to different parts of the company and works alongside the people to hear and see how they carry out the company business when they don't know that the boss is around. And, and you get to see a lot of different things. And, and, and then I, it was, I was smiling when I was thinking about it. And then I thought, what if Jesus was an undercover boss in the church, listening and watching to see how we carry out his business when we think he's not around? I think he is. I think he is. Jesus hears enough of the conversation, and he, he, he decides to get involved in the conversation. It says, and he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And, and they stood still looking sad. They, then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Jesus interrupts uh, them going back and forth with each other about what happened and, and beckons them to recognize that something's happening right now. His question stops them in their tracks. The, the heaviness of their hearts could be seen. Have you ever been around someone that was full of sadness? They weren't crying, but you can just see that they were heavy. Luke gives the name of, of the disciple that starts to respond to Jesus. Uh, he's not one of the original 12, but uh, one of the many who had followed and believed in Jesus uh, from that region. And uh, Cleopas, he, he, he actually calls Jesus a visitor. You know, sometimes when you're, when you're heavy, you can be a little snarky, a little, you know, snappy at people. Not, not y'all. Y'all are holy. I mean... <laughs> When, you're, when things are going on inside, you may not respond the best way. But he actually calls Jesus a visitor. They, they thought he was just one of the folks who came to town for the Passover, like many of the Jews did in that time. He's, uh, Cleopas, he seemed to think that everyone should have known and been feeling bad about what had taken place in Jerusalem. It would have been the major news of the day. Uh, it's no, no way that, no one, that, that there was anyone that shouldn't have known about it. It was a tragedy in Jerusalem, but he doesn't know the whole story. He has no idea who he's talking to and, and how the whole story has been transformed from tragedy to victory. But Jesus continues to push them with questions. He's, he's going to get these two prepared to bear witness. And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. So after, after Jesus asked what things, both of them start 
pouring out their testimonies of what happened to him. Uh, you can hear them maybe talking over each other, trying to get a word in. Speaking about Jesus in the past tense as they're speaking about Jesus in the present. Speaking to Jesus in the present. They say he was a prophet. And, and, and he spoke and did things with power. Everybody could see it except for the religious leaders who condemned and crucified him. They thought the things Jesus did meant that he was going to do even greater stuff for the people. You, you can almost hear the defeat in their voices. We had hoped. We, we had hoped he was going to save Israel from Rome. Just one week ago, he, he rode into town like a king. They were, they were looking for a, a prophet like Moses in their day who, who set Israel free from Egypt. They were looking for a king like David uh, who took out Israel's enemies by the thousands. They had hoped but Jesus was condemned and crucified. In other words, they were telling Jesus' story like it started in Nazareth and ended on the cross. According, and according to tradition, there was, there was no hope of a, of a soul returning to a body after three days. So, so, so tragedy on top of tragedy uh, this, this situation is getting worse and worse because now it's been three days. It seemed like it was the end of the story to them. Now they, they just felt hopeless. What do you do when God doesn't do what you expect him to do? I'm asking the church. When God doesn't do what you expect, how do you handle it when God disappoints you? Do you get stuck in that place, in that part of the story, thinking that's it, it's over? God didn't do it? These, these people, they were stuck there in that part of the story. Uh, and, and, and when you're stuck in a place like that, in that place of hopelessness and disappointment, uh, it doesn't matter what anyone tries to share with you or, 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 or tells you your mind, it just won't let you turn the page. And that's where they were. They say, they, 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 they keep going. They say, moreover, uh, some, some of the women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. But some of, some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him, they did not see. They, they, they pile on the testimony with more reasons for concern, more problems, more issues if his death wasn't enough, on top of all this, we found out now that his body is missing. They go on to describe how, how some of the women had, uh, some of the women blew their minds with stories about angels and resurrection. But 
just before uh, they could get their hopes up again, they explained how some of the brothers went and, and checked for themselves and reported finding no sign of Jesus anywhere. This was the testimony that they were taking back with them to Emmaus. That Jesus was nowhere to be found. I, I'm, thankfully, this wasn't in a time of social media. Uh, they, they would have tweeted and posted. It would have been RIP Jesus all over their timeline. Uh, and people all over the world would have been mourning the loss of Jesus if, if, if it was a social media event. I, I was speaking to my family uh, last night about a, a, a movie director who was, uh, uh, had a stroke and was in a coma. And I went to say, so did, did you hear about the, the director that, that's in a coma? And I've been praying. And then one of my relatives put up his phone like, yeah, according to my timeline, he died. I'm like, no, he's not dead. But that's how the word spreads. I, I, I remember being told that one of the members of, of, of my previous church had died. Someone came and told me he, he, he had a, he, his brother, he was unique. He had a, a, a mental condition that would cause him to overdress and he would put on several layers of clothing. And someone, somebody reported that it was on a hot day and he had all of that clothing on and he sat on a bench in the neighborhood and that he passed away. Uh, they believe from heat exhaustion. I was, I was broken up about it. My wife is here. She's a witness. Uh, I shared the news with my family. And, but having no contact with his, with his family members, we all just tried to find a way and, and consider a way that we could kind of uh, have a memorial celebration for him because we loved him and, and how we could plan to remember him. And then after about a week or so, someone brings me a phone showing me a post on Facebook. There's the brother from the church smiling looking well and the caption on his sister's post read everyone please stop saying my brother is dead he is not he is with me in New Jersey I was so glad that he was alive a little upset with the one that gave me the report that he was dead and I'm glad we didn't have that memorial service these two disciples were in that space, and they were about to put a, a, a period at the end of uh, Jesus' story where there should have just been a comma. They needed more proof. And, and he said to them, oh, foolish ones, Jesus had heard enough, oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. After hearing what, after hearing what these two were talking about how defeated they sounded that he had been crucified how they had lost hope and that Israel would be saved by him Jesus speaks to them and the people who paint the picture of Jesus as this extra peaceful humble man who would never stir 
I just want you to notice the tone that Jesus takes with these disciples. He was a sharp saw, as I heard someone say earlier. Uh, notice the tone. They, they're there was an expectation that they should have known some things from reading the scriptures. Uh, neither neither um, their hearts or their minds had been appropriately receiving what the word of God had to say about the Messiah. If they did, they, they should have recognized that the way the Messiah had to come into his glory was through suffering. Suffering was the gateway for glory for the Messiah. It, it was not only uh, something that was shown as a principle in the scriptures, but it was on display in prophecies about the Messiah specifically. Jesus then opens up a roadside Bible study. He, he walks with them through the Hebrew scriptures. He begins with the first five books or, or the, the Pentateuch or the Torah, which, which is credited to Moses, saying, and then, then going on saying all the prophets and all the scriptures is, is a way of referencing uh, that means that Jesus was pouring through the entire body of the Hebrew scriptures that we call the Old Testament. And, and he was pointing to someone in there. He was going through the word, going through the word. Jesus unpacks for them all throughout the scriptures how the life, death, and resurrection of the Messiah was already written. We know more than we think. We're not told uh, what, what specific passages Jesus touched on as he, as he went through the scriptures. But he, he, could have, he could have begun with, with Genesis 3 and 15. When God lets the serpent know uh, after he had uh, beguiled Eve uh, uh, that, that, that he would, the Messiah would, that he would bruise the heel of the seed of the woman, the Messiah, but, but that the seed would crush his head. Jesus suffered on the cross and died. But he crushed the serpent's head when he got up that Sunday morning. A hallelujah goes there. <laughs> if, if they were going to, to bear witness, they needed to know. He had already uh, preached about the sign of Jonah three days in the belly of the fish that he would be in the earth the same time. But maybe uh, if Jonah didn't get him, he stopped through the book of Psalms around uh, uh, six, the 16th Psalm where David prophesies that he won't be allowed to decay in the grave. Or, or from Psalm 22, the words Jesus cried from the cross feeling forsaken but knowing that God had heard his cry. And, and, and since they didn't get how the Messiah was going to have to suffer, he could have opened Isaiah 53, which tells how he would suffer, being pierced and crushed for our sin to bring us peace, cut off from the land of the living, but that his days would still be prolonged. Jesus opened the word to them. Everything that 
that happened had been part of God's plan. He determined redemption had to go this way, that glory would come after suffering. And that's good news for someone that's dealing with suffering, that glory can come after suffering. During a, during a pastor's workshop uh, this week, I had the opportunity to listen to a, a Jewish believer uh, speak about Jesus and how he was, uh, uh, how Jesus was present and, and, and fulfilled the Old Testament and all of its festivals, that Jesus fulfilled all of it. Beginning at the Sabbath, this Jewish brother interpreted in all of the festivals how Jesus completed them. He described uh, his own excitement when he realized that what he had been practicing with his family for years, he finally recognized was actually about Jesus from the Old Testament. These disciples had likely read and performed rituals that pointed to the Messiah and never realized it. But here Jesus is opening their eyes and their hearts to what has really been taking place these past days in Jerusalem. It's what the scriptures said. Jesus took all that was being said about him. Jesus listened to what the word was on the street. And he, he took uh, everything that was said about his death. He took uh, the rumors, the, the thoughts, the sadness, and he brings all of it under subjection to God's word. Not only, not only would they be testifying witnesses about Jesus, these disciples, they would now have the supporting testimony of the scriptures to back them up in what they say. The more proof, the more boldness. Uh, but but if, we, if we read further, Jesus even moved beyond the scriptures. If we read further, we find that even with all of the scriptures that he opened to them, they still didn't recognize that it was Jesus talking with them. But because their, their hearts were on fire while Jesus was explaining uh, the word to them, and, and, and because it was getting late as they were walking, when they finally reached the town, they asked him to come in and eat and stay with them. If we drop down to verses 30 and 31, it tells us that when he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. I'm not sure how or why they recognized him. One writer said it may have been from the marks in his hands as he broke the bread. But now they had proof that Jesus wasn't dead. They had talked with him. They had walked with him. And he had broken bread with them. Now they were prepared to bear witness. They had the whole story. And like them, Jesus wants us to be prepared to bear witness about him today. Uh, he, he, he's left us this word so that we'll remain full of hope while he's out of our physical sight but always being prepared to bear witness about him in the same way uh, Jesus wants us to 
not be slow to grasp with our hearts and our minds all that the scripture tells about him. The scripture is given proof, infallible proof that Jesus is raised from the dead and that all authority is in his hands. He wants us to be prepared to bear witness. And over this next few weeks, we'll continue to look at the proof and become more encouraged and more emboldened to bear witness about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you that you've given us the testimony of your word, that you've given proof, Lord, of your resurrection. We thank you, Lord, that we, we've been identified to bear witness to this truth. Help us, Lord, to grow in boldness. Help us to uh, grow in grace as we go out and share your goodness with the world. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you, Lord, for this word. We thank you for the suffering you endured to return to your glory. All these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.